title this morning is Adventurous, and I got it uh, broken down into two words. I got Advent, and then or us is the end of it, because I want us, as we're beginning this um, message this morning, the, the season that we're in is Advent, and if you were raised in churches um, of, of like Methodist or, or Lutheran or liturgical style backgrounds, you, you did the Advent wreath every year, and you had the Advent candles and things like that, but the term Advent really means this, Advent is a, sea, is a season observed in the Western churches, the American style churches, as a time of expectant waiting and celebratory preparation of the nativity of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. And as I began to study this message, I began to go over that term in my head, Advent, Advent, expectant waiting, celebratory preparation, expectant waiting, celebratory preparation, expectant waiting, celebratory preparation. And I began to say, God, would you give us a faith that's like Advent? God, give us a right now faith like we talked about last week, a right now faith for the anointing of God, the anointing is where heaven touches earth, a right now faith for the anointing of God that that is truly like Advent, celebratory preparation and expectant waiting. I want us to begin as a church this morning to have that kind of faith, a faith that's celebratory preparation and expectant waiting, and Mary exhibited this kind of faith. Now, I want to talk to you about Mary just for a second because many people, we got this westernized version of Mary in our head and we don't know the seriousness of Mary's adventurous faith. Mary had amazing adventurous faith and adventurous faith is a faith that's not necessarily safe all the time. Adventurous faith is a faith that's celebratory preparation. It's a faith of expectant waiting because you know it's going to happen. That kind of faith is the faith Mary exuded. And so I want to challenge you this morning as I read you a little bit about Mary and the, this, the style, the lifestyle that she was in way back in the time when she lived, understand how great her faith really was. A lot of people look at Mary and we don't realize that youth, she was a, a, a girl of, at the age of 12 or 13. A lot of you guys are in here saying, oh, when I get older, I want to be this or I want to be that. No, God wants to come to you right now where you're at at the age of 12, at the age of 13, before you've been corrupted truly by the fullness of the world and bring into you a gift and a talent and a life that will change your life forever. So Mary was only at the age of 12 or 13 when the Bible says she was betrothed to be married to Joseph a carpenter. I'm not challenging you guys to run off and get married, okay? Just let's just make that clear. And she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. He was a carpenter to get married at the age of 12 or 13. And as she was betrothed to get married at the age of 12 or 13, when the marriage process would take place, what would happen is at the age of 12 or 13, a man usually in his uh, 17 or 18 year range would come and he would ask the father for uh, the girl's hand in marriage. And then at that point, it's kind of like the Western culture, they would be betrothed or committed to one another. And basically, there would be almost a year long period between the betrothal and when they would get engaged, as we would say, till the actual marriage ceremony would take place. And in that time, just like when in the American culture there was an expectant time of waiting and a celebratory preparation that took place. But understand that what Mary had happened to her when the Holy Spirit came upon her and overshadowed her and she was to give birth to a son named Jesus, Joseph had every right to divorce her. 
Joseph could have left her. Joseph could have said, I'm done with you. Joseph could have said, called her a liar. Joseph could have went to her parents and said, what is this that has happened? Joseph could have ran the gamut on her. And listen, if you got divorced in that culture, you were a reject for the rest of your life and you were scorned by all of society basically for the rest of your life. So when Mary hears the word of God and she says, let it be unto me according to what you have said, she was willing to get her whole life thrown away and wreck her, have her whole life wrecked for the cause of the gospel. See, some of us, we're not willing to go that far yet. Mary is willing to literally have her whole life, what she had thought was her calling to be a wife and a mother and raise a beautiful child and have a beautiful family. She said, Lord, let it be unto me as you have said and was willing to throw away her whole worldly perspective, have her worldly life wrecked to usher in something so amazing as the Son of God in her life. Mary's step of faith when she took out there at 12 or 13 and said, let it be unto me according to what you have said. She was taking a step of faith that wasn't necessarily safe. A step of faith that wasn't necessarily popular by any means. And the Bible even said Joseph had plans to divorce her. He was going to divorce her silently because he was a man of good reputation. Didn't want to commit her to public scorn even though it would have happened anyway. He said, I'll divorce her silently. But then the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And so in that process, Joseph took him as his wife. We know the story. They went down to Bethlehem. There was no room for them in the inn, so she gave birth to baby Jesus in a stable that is not like we see in pictures. It was nasty. It was stinky. It was not quaint. It was not convenient. Some of us got to get accustomed to these kind of words because sometimes in the dreams and visions and desire God gives you, there's some things that are nasty. There's some things that aren't quaint. There's some things that aren't quite convenient at times. And literally, if you're going to go full force into the plan of God for your life, it's going to wreck the worldly plan for your life. It'll do it. I'm telling you, it'll wreck the worldly plan. But can I tell you, when you will give up the worldly plan and realize your worldly plan was really the wreck in the first place, and the plan of God is really your destiny for a lifetime, and you'll embrace this plan and not worry about that plan so much, you'll be in the midst of the fullness of God for your life. And so this morning, as we jump into a place of adventurous faith, faith that is expectant waiting and celebratory preparation, I want to begin to ask you this question. What would it look like as we begin to embrace this type of faith this morning? What would it look like as we begin to embrace this type of faith this morning, expectant uh, waiting, celebratory preparation in our life? And, And Jeff and Amy, God has gifted you guys with a ministry at this church of base groups that is literally the foundation for this church, okay? As you grow this ministry, the consistency of the church will grow. I want you guys to understand you guys got the heaviest call of God on your life for this church, more so than me more so than anything else, it's heavy because as the foundation goes in base groups, so as the foundation of the church will go. And so it's on you, I'm not going to say it's on you guys, but it's been gifted to you guys, the foundation of the church. And and, and it goes great with y'all's personalities. I mean, God's gifted you with that because it goes great with the personalities and and who you are. And, And Carol and Sharon, I want you guys to understand that you guys are two of the most pivotal people in the church because there's a young generation coming in who's been abandoned and rejected by moms and dads that need grandmother style figures that will love on them, that will hug them, that will hold them, that will embrace them, that will love them for who they are and where they're at. And we need y'all to rise up. God's got a new season for you and dad. Get into a season of expectant preparation, expectant waiting and celebratory preparation. Get ready for it because it's something new. It's, it's something different than, than the old school of what every, 
what you've thought and dreamed. It's a new season completely that'll bring new life. And you always say, Mom, my youth is renewed like the eagle, and you're going to seem younger than you've ever been in the next 10 years because of the new vision God's bringing in your life. God's called you to not just, give, just don't give up on it. Just don't give up on it. I know, girl, you've been waiting. <laughs> I know you've been waiting. You've been pregnant with your vision for a long time. You've been waiting. It's okay. The bigger the vision, the longer the preparation. And I'm just going to say that. Elephants, it takes two years to give birth. Rabbits, it takes two weeks. <laughs> and, and I know that's funny, and I meant it to be funny, but the bigger the vision, the longer the preparation. Okay? You're not giving birth to something small. You're giving birth to something huge. So get ready. If you guys will plant yourself in a role of discipleship, God will use you beyond your wildest imaginations. Forget the past. I'm just saying. I see it in your, I see faithfulness in you guys. If you guys will plant yourself in a role of discipleship, God will use you like you never dreamed before. Damon, God's gifted you and Laura with the evangelism of the church. Basically the growth of the church. So the visions that you got that are crazy, that are off the wall, because it's, we just say that's who Damon is. No, that's who God is in Damon. And I love how Damon's not worried about safe. <laughs> Damon's concerned with expanding the kingdom. So, so get ready. You're gifted with that evangelism in your life. Mitch, the only thing God wants you to focus on is bringing heaven to earth. You and your worship team, that's all you focus on for the rest of your life. You figure out a way to get heaven to earth when you worship. It's the only calling. It doesn't matter how many people are on stage, 20 or two, your job is to get heaven to earth. It's to get it here. You guys get ready because God's fixing to do something in all your lives. And I could literally, literally, I could go down right now just row by row and spend the whole message going on it. Vandy, you just need to change your name to Joy because God's going to bring a new spirit of joy. In your life. I just may call you Vandy Joy for the rest of your life because God's fixing to do something in your life that's transformational. And it's going to start this morning. Get ready. It, and, and that was last week when you came up for prayer. God started something. Get ready because he's going to bring you more joy than ever before. And it's not going to come from worldly things. It's going to come from the inside out. He's completely changing something. And I don't know, I don't know what that's changing is, but he's fixing a rocket. And, and I'm, I'm excited for you, girl. He's got great and mighty plans for your life. And I just had you guys in my head when we were in the midst of worship. Just get ready. That's all I'm saying. Get ready. You have no clue what God can bring you into, so just embrace it. You guys walk in with a smile on your face. You, you guys literally have that, that innocent joy about you. That Mary said, all things are possible to those who believe. That's what God's got in you. So just get ready and don't ever lose that, okay? Don't let church or things in the past, don't ever lose that innocence that you have in your life right now. That innocence of faith that you think that, that right now you're in a place God can do anything and I believe all things are possible don't ever lose that because God's got something big time in store for you guys coming forward and, and I want to encourage you guys and I'm gonna all right I'm gonna keep going as it comes I want to encourage you guys when gifts are brought forth and words are brought forth that some of you guys are sitting here thinking that wow that's awesome I can't wait I hope pastor says something about me God's already said it about you God's already said about you. I can't tell you how many conferences and meetings I've been in where I would sit in a row and say, oh God, just let him have a word for me. And God keeps saying, why? I've already given you a word. Well, God, I would just like some confirmation. Good, come to me and I'll tell you that you're doing good. <laughs> because God's got me in a place where he says, Joel, I don't need you trusting in the confirmation of man for the vision and calling of God on your life. I need you to trust in the confirmation of me and I have got to be enough for you. And I've got to be enough for you in your life, Joel. And so, man, that's something that I struggle with for years. And that's something I'm pressing forward in all the time. But God has got to be enough for us, for us as a church. That it doesn't matter if the world confirms it or not. God has got to be enough for us. Ed and Linda, God's bringing you guys into a ministry that's unpopular, that's not accepted, that people won't like, and it's okay. It needs to be heard, and it needs to be said. 
And he's going to give you times and avenues to say it. And I don't say that as a negative word because the greatest thing you can do is be prepared for what God's calling you to. And if that's the way he's preparing you, say, hey, it's good. So God's giving it to you guys who are strong for the task at hand. And I'm excited about what he's given to you guys. And so as we begin to do this process and words begin to go forth and they begin to birth something on the inside of us, listen to this. There becomes a time in the life of every person who's ever had a baby where you know that from the day you conceived and the child started to grow till the day of birth, it's 40 weeks that takes place. Within a 40-week time period that takes place, there are obligations and things you must do to get ready for a baby. Can I get amen? There are things you must do. There are obligations that must take place for you to get ready. And God says, you guys, right now, you better start getting ready. And you say, I don't know. I've never been pregnant before. All the men said amen, right? But men, just because we've never given, never have been pregnant before, that doesn't mean we are less accountable to getting the nursery ready. Am I? Can I get an amen? I mean, it's... Honey, I can't paint. I'm pregnant. Good, we'll hire somebody to paint. <laughs> no, so you start painting. And so husbands and wives that are in this together, or maybe you're just in this by yourself, there is a time of preparation. And in that time of preparation, as the baby begins to grow on the inside of you, ladies, is there some uncomfortableness that takes place? The first three months, it's giddiness and throwing up, right? Can I get morning sickness? Okay. You got giddiness and then you got the throw up all at the same time. God is going to begin to transform your life and you need to embrace transformation. You need to begin to embrace transformation as the gift or the, or the dream that you're birthing is growing on the inside of you. You need to begin to embrace transformation because it's going to start pushing your ribs apart. There's going to be times that you say, I wish this would just go ahead and happen. Ladies, can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> right? There's going to be some times right before the birthing process that you can't sleep, <laughs> that it doesn't matter what you eat, you feel the dream kicking on the inside of you ready to come forth. There is going to be those type of changes. And I'm saying for some of you, it may be less than nine months. For some of you, it may be more than nine months. But what I'm trying to get across from you is you must begin to embrace this process. You must begin to embrace it. Some of you have been impregnated with a dream or a vision from God for years now. You just decided to put it on the back burner. And you decided to say, well, I guess it just wasn't for me. No, it is for you. It's time that you pick up that dream, and it's time that you pick up that life, and it's time that you start nurturing it with adventurous faith, with advent faith, a time of expectant waiting and celebratory preparation because you know if God spoke it, it's going to come to pass, and it's our job to nurture it, to take care of it, and to take care of it just as much on the inside of us, even as we do as when it's on the outside of us. Amen. You need to start acting like you've already had the dream and the vision and the baby right? You need to start taking care of your life in that manner. You cannot longer sit around and say, when it gets here, then I'll get ready. No, because then you've already missed it and it'll never get here. And so in this process, God is wanting to do something amazing in your life. And the first thing you got to realize this is there comes a point in your life when the word of God has to transform from a word of God to a word from God. The word of God must change from the word of God to a word from God. You must begin to embrace God's word as it's a word from God to you. And as you begin to pray over your dream, you pray over your vision, pray over what's been spoken into your life, pray over the things that are going on inside of you and you don't understand how it can even get there. Mary didn't either. The first thing she said, God, is, God how's this going to happen? <laughs> I don't understand 
but she didn't reject, reject the dream and the vision. The one thing you got to be careful of is this, is you got to understand, just like Mary did, Mary knew the word of God. She was a Jewish girl. She knew the word of God. She knew the words of the prophets. She, didn't know the, she just didn't know the word of the God and the word of the prophets was the word of the God and the prophets about her and to her. Mary had read Isaiah. She had read the prophecies about the chosen one, Jesus Christ coming, being born of a virgin. She had read it all, and she knew it all. She just didn't know it was about her. As you read the Bible, and don't tell me you're a believer if you don't read the Bible, okay? I'm just going to throw that out there. That's, that's tough. That's a tough word. But if you don't read the Bible, I want you to consider your salvation. And I'm not, I'm not going to recant on that, and I'm not going to repent about that. If you don't read the Bible, you need to strongly consider your salvation. And I say it for this reason, because the Bible is the word of God right here for us, to us, about us, from him, not about some unknown society in the future. We are God's church, his chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy generation to bring forth the glory of God in this earth. That's not just saying it's going to happen sometime. That is God's word to Him, from him to us for right now we must begin to embrace the word of God we must begin to stand on the word of God and I understand that some of you just took offense to the statement I just made about consider your salvation listen if you take offense at that it means you're taking the lie that the enemy said because your feelings just got hurt listen at any time for feelings it's a time for faith it's a time for studying and reading God's word because listen you can have a, the greatest dream in the world, but if you don't have the word of God as a foundation, that dream, that thing that God's impregnated you with, it's not going to happen. It needs the foundation of God's word to be built on, to move forward in, and to go there. Now here's what's going to have to begin to take place. We need to ask for God's presence to come on us and to show up in us in such a way, just like Mary did right here in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And listen to what the angel said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The problem with the presence of God is most believers would rather prostitute them out to, themselves out to worldly success than embrace the God-given call for their life. Most of the church world would rather prostitute themselves out to first world earthly success than embrace the God-given call on your life. And it's time to embrace the God-given call on your life and not worry so much about worldly success. Not worry so much about what the world thinks is great, what the world thinks is glamorous. Quit following Kim Kardashian on, on all your social media, right? I mean, I'm just being serious here. Can't find a Bible app one on your phone, but you got every Instagram and social media and Facebook and everything else out there. Now, come on. I mean... If we're serious about a right now faith, about an adventurous faith that's not safe, we better start acting like we're about to jump out of an airplane and start checking our parachute, right? And so in this process of God birthing something, he said the power of the Ghost High God will come upon you and it'll overshadow you. How does a word from God change to a walk of faith that's adventurous? It's in the overshadowing process. It's in the overshadowing process. Literally what overshadowing means, it means to make bigger by comparison. When God begins to overshadow this ministry because he's birthing new things, brand new things, amazing things that I cannot wait to release on the 28th into this church on Vision Sunday. It's going to be the most amazing Sunday ever. Best Vision Sunday. I'm so pumped about it. As the, the Spirit of God begins to overshadow us, what that means is the name of the church shouldn't worry about getting attention. The name of God should be made great. And what it means is you are overshadowed or what is overshadowing you is made bigger by comparison. It doesn't mean that you are thought less about. It doesn't mean that you are insignificant. What it means is it has become greater. 
It has become so great that it overshadows me. And Joel doesn't get noticed because the kingdom of God is expanding at such a massive rate. I mean, that's how I want it to be. Damon, I want the church to grow with you and Laura's giftings of evangelism so great and so awesome that I could care less who in the church gets credit for it and whose name is on banners and billboards other than the name of Jesus. I want to be so overshadowed by the movement of God that people are like, well, who's the pastor there? Because Damon's ministering Monday night, Jeff's ministering Wednesday night, Joel's ministering on Sundays. It's a, it doesn't really matter. There should be such a great overshadowing and God's name becomes so great. That in comparison, are we any less? No, actually we're not. He's just gotten that much bigger. He's just gotten that much more amazing. He's just gotten that much more powerful. So in this, in the role of Mary, Mary said, how can this be? And God said, the power of the Most High will come upon you and overshadow you so much that Mary, you're not less or any less than you've ever been, but what I'm bringing into your life is so much greater than it's ever been. That you are very small in comparison to what I'm doing with the Son of the Most High God. You know, if you're the biggest part of your vision, something's wrong. If you are the biggest part of your vision, something's wrong. That means you want to be the one overshadowing. You want to be the one in the limelight. If you're the biggest part of your vision, something's wrong. Mary said, let it be unto me according to as you have said. She embraced what God was doing. She embraced what God had planned for their life. She embraced it and she ran with it. And so as she was going in this, she went in fully headlong into it and put herself in the right position. And Mary said, behold, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be unto me according to your word. Servanthood is this. A lot of people get negative connotations on servanthood. Write this definition down for servanthood because you're going to need to embrace it in your vision. You're going to need to embrace it in your life. Servanthood is not slavery. Servanthood is not surrender. Servanthood is empowered obedience. Servanthood is not slavery. Servanthood is not uh, surrender. Servanthood is empowered obedience. Do you remember, I, I love the movies where um, it, it's in medieval times and you have kings and you have knights and, and I just love those. I love those stories. I love those movies. You have all those things there. The knights that were under the king were not slaves and they did not surrender, but they were servants because they were empowered through obedience. The more obedient they were to the king, the more power that they would get. The more obedient you are to the king, the more God's going to give you. <laughs> slavery and ser servanthood is not slavery. A lot of people say, oh, I'm supposed to be a servant. That means I've got to be a slave to so-and-so. No, that's not what servanthood is. Servanthood is not slavery. And also, servanthood is not surrender in the term where, God, you're going to lose your identity. No, God made you fearfully and wonderfully made just as you are for a reason, Jake. And he doesn't want to remove Jake at all. In fact, he wants Jake to be Jake more than he's ever been Jake. And he wants Jake to rise up in the giftings of Jake, not losing his personality, not losing his giftings, not losing his talents. It's not surrendering who Jake is. It's Jake rising up into who Jake's called to be. That's what servanthood is. God did not want Mary to change. He went to Mary and said, you are favored just as you are. And Mary said, I'm fixing to be empowered through obedience. I'm going to say I'm your servant. Servanthood is empowered obedience. You know, I realized this. The more obedient I am to God, the more the ministry flourishes. Huh right go figure not rocket science right there amen you know there's a reason i got up this morning i just said okay i'm just gonna forget about it. i'm just gonna be bold i'm just gonna go ahead and say what god once said i'm gonna go ahead and get the prophecies out there i'm gonna go ahead and get the words out there i'm gonna go ahead and bring it before god because god i want to be your servant and i want to be empowered through obedience 
And if I'm faithful with these small words here, you'll give great words for the region later. And I'm not negating how the words I gave you. They're not small. They're great. They're huge. They're mighty. But if I'm faithful with the things right here, right now, God, you'll empower me to do greater things later. And I want to be your servant, empowered obedience. God does not want you as a slave. He didn't call you a slave. He called you a son and a daughter. He doesn't want you to surrender in the fact that I'm just going to lay down and die and, and let God be, and be a puppet on God's strings. That's not what he wants. He made you fearfully and wonderfully made just as you are for a reason. Now, you may have made some jacked up choices to get you in a place where God doesn't want you, right? And you may have some scars and some issues in your life that were not God-ordained, and he wants you to surrender those things to him. Yes, he does. But you, as who you are as a person... If you have a shy personality, God doesn't want you to try and be Joel. He doesn't want you to try and be on stage if you're not supposed to be on stage. Because some of you, your personality is your gift. Because some people in this room, I will rub the wrong way just because I'm outspoken, just because I'm vocal. Where they need somebody with a sweet personality, like a Miss Carol or Miss Sharon, to bring them into the kingdom. Understand this. The greatest thing I can give you this morning is this one term. Embrace servanthood embrace servanthood because servanthood is empowered obedience mary said lord i'm your servant do you think we would ever heard of mary if mary did not embrace the call of god in her life do you think and and get this as the overshadowing happened mary was elevated along with the gift inside of her did you get that mary was elevated along with the gift inside of her Listen to what Elizabeth said when they run into each other in the next chapter. Mary, you're highly favored among all women. <laughs> not because of who Mary was, but because of who the gift was inside of her. Who the gift was inside of her not just brought her to a place where she got to give birth and be the mother of Jesus. It elevated her to a place of walking in the ministry with Jesus. And I'm so grateful for mamas that walk in ministry with their sons. <laughs> Amen, right? I mean, Carol and Damon, I mean, y'all understand. Sharon and Mitch, y'all understand. Moms that walk in ministry with their sons. I'm grateful for moms that walk in ministry with their sons. And embrace servanthood. Because, Maylee and Sean, get ready. God wants to empower you like never before. He's seen your faithfulness and get ready. He's going to empower you guys. He sees how hard you work and the long shifts you do. And you're concerned about your kids and, and, and how can you raise them right. Get ready. God's fixing to empower you guys. Empowered obedience. Get ready. He, be a servant. He's going to empower you guys to, to do things. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. Okay? And I want you to just embrace it. Servanthood. We in the United States culture, we've made it such a term of negativism. Because here's the problem. We love to rebel against authority. We love rebellion in America. We were, we, America's based on rebellion. Do you get that? We rebelled against England. And only because we won the war, it was called a revolution, not a rebellion. It's only when you win the war, it's called a revolution, not a rebellion. So understand this. In the American culture, rebellion is ingrained in us in our DNA as an American. Not all of it's bad, okay? There was a need for America to rise up and be who America was and is today. But listen. We must do it under the spirit of servanthood, not rebellion. And some of you, the biggest issue you fight with your dream and your vision is you are flat out in rebellion of God because he gave it to you. And you said, good, God, thank you for this gift. Now I want to do it my way, and here's how we're going to get there, God. And Mary said, God, how are we going to do this? And she let God give the instruction and took her hands off and said, okay, I'm just going to let this, I'm just going to see what happens and let God move forward. You have nine months when you're pregnant of planning and preparation, a time of uh, 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 celebratory preparation and expectant waiting. You got nine months of it when you're pregnant with something. 
And for those nine months, you literally turn your life upside down to give birth to something absolutely amazing. Any parent in the world would agree. But I want to tell you this about being a parent, because most of you know it, and about the birthing process, that even after the vision shows up and it's here and you think, oh, we're finally here. Lord, you ain't seen nothing yet. You got the nights when the kids are up throwing up. There's some throw up days in the ministry. There's some days that's just like, oh, Lord, this is a nasty day in the ministry. There's messes that have to be cleaned up in the ministry. You got to clean up little kid messes at home. You got to clean up little kid messes in the ministry. Whoever wrote the book of Hebrews said it too. He said, we should be going on to the greater things because y'all are still on milk. I'm not saying that about you guys. I'm saying in the ministry, there are those things. So get this. When your vision finally births, when your vision finally births and it's here and you're so excited, we got the launch date. We're going to what God's called us to do. Yes, we're so excited. Get ready for some days of poopy diapers. Get ready for some days where the kids are all up all night. And so if the kids are up, guess who else is up? You're up. Get ready for some days of pure joy and bliss and amazingness like you've never experienced. Everybody in this room, I can guarantee you, would say this. Pastor, as tough as some of the days I've had with my kids, I wouldn't give them away. I'm not throwing them out. I'm not getting rid of them. I mean, sometimes you want to push them to the side for a little bit, but not getting rid of them. And it's the same with your vision going forward. There's going to be days when you're about to pull your hair out, and the next day you're like, it's been worth it all. It is worth it all. And you'll have days in the ministry, just like days with your kids, when you look back and say, you know, it was funner sometimes when they were smaller, right? It was funner sometimes when they were smaller. I look back on the days, Damon, you'll remember this seven, eight years ago. Jeff, you'll remember this. Anybody in the old building remember this? How easy it was to get a service together. You know, you remember how easy it was to get a service together? I mean, simple. I mean, we didn't have to have staff meetings about services. We got to get up, sing, preach. We're rocking it. And sometimes I think back, it's like, dang, that was easy back then. But I wouldn't trade it for the world for where we're at now and moving forward. And so God's got a word for everybody in this room this morning. And if you gave me five hours, I could just make this a prophetic conference and I could just go down the line with every one of you. But the thing about it is, is God doesn't want you to get a word from a pastor. God wants you to get a word from him. God wants you to get a word from him. And I don't know why he had me choose specific people this morning to just say stuff to, but he did. But he did. So if you felt left out this morning, quit feeling left out. Your approval doesn't come from me. Your approval comes from God. So if you need a word from God, open up the Bible and start reading because he wants to make his written word to you, a word from him for you, and begin to impregnate something on the inside of you so much that it overshadows you and God places something on the inside of you that begins to develop and puts in a process and it ends with this. It ends with producing something. Listen to what Mary did. Mary got a word from God, got in the presence of God, put herself in the right position after that with God and produced Christ. Nine months later. The apostles, after Jesus ascended into heaven, they got a word from God, and it was go to Jerusalem and go to the upper room and wait. They got a word from God, so they got in the presence of God in the upper room. They got in the right position in the upper room and waited, and ten days later, Pentecost happened, and the Holy Spirit came upon the church. We've never been the same since. TWVC, several thousand years later, today you got a word from God. Today you've been in the presence of God. It's up to you right now to get in the right position with the word that you've heard today. After you've heard the word and gotten his presence and he overshadows you and puts something in you, it's time for nine months of expecting, waiting, and celebratory preparation. Some of you, it's not near nine months. Some of you, it's going to be longer than nine months, okay? I'm talking, start embracing the process. And and, and listen, this is going to be key. And I said this the other night when I was in a meeting. Don't wish away the process. 
oh, you want it here, you want it right here, right now. If God's not ready for it to be birthed yet, then it's not needing to be birthed yet. Do you understand that the Bible talks about Jesus and it says Jesus came at just the right time. That term, that term is kairos. At just the right time, Jesus came. That means God had in a specific appointed and anointed time for heaven to meet earth. And some of you are saying, God, what are you waiting for? Some of you will never know. Some of you are saying, God, what, what are we looking for? Some of you will never know. Just know that at just the right time, God's going to do it.